RTHK, the news at one with Todd Harding. The headlines, Hong Kong's border with the mainland fully reopens after a period of three years. A leading cinema chain says it's suspending public screenings of the award-winning documentary to my 19-year-old self. And Vice Foreign Minister Xie Fung lodges solemn representation with the US Embassy in Beijing. Hong Kong's border with the mainland has now effectively reopened after a period of three years due to the pandemic. Daily travel quotas have been eliminated, as have PCR tests for most people. The MTR says this morning 22,000 people used the Lowu control point. Mr Ho was one of them. I need to go to Lowu. Uh, this is a near point for me, and uh, so I select today to, to, to go back to Shenzhen. I feel good. Just want to come back to Shenzhen to uh, arrange some banking issue because I've never go back to China for three years, so we'll need to go back to handle some matters. But some elderly people said they don't know how to fill in a health declaration form using their mobile devices. Staff at both sides of the border have been helping them. This woman says the declaration has caused a bit of a queue. They need to do that before. A lot of people, they don't know that, and then that's make like long line to wait. Because this day is the first day, so a lot of things is like quite messy. The reopening of the land border with the mainland has been broadly welcomed, but the situation at the airport is less upbeat, with Airport Authority CEO Fred Lam saying yesterday that the aviation sector may need up to two years to get back to pre-pandemic levels, although it could reach 80% of that level by the end of the year. Appearing on RTHK's Money Talk programme, Alex Wong, director of Alex Wong Asset Management, was asked whether companies that had left Hong Kong over the past three years would now start to think about coming back, now that travel was easier. Well, I think uh, probably part of them, but uh, not all of them. Well, first of all, I think um, many manufacturers actually have diversified their manufacturing base. So um, that is, I think, uh, something may not be coming back. And another thing is, um, like you said, the traveling hub um, competition. Actually, we are uh, lagging behind. So probably we need to see some pickup games. Uh, and, and the comments actually are quite bearish. If you take two years, that is too long. I think uh, uh, the competition for the hub status actually uh, uh, is very um, severe and, and, and we are we are in a bad position against Singapore right now. So I think uh, we need to see a very huge pickup on that. And um, and I think of course the power of them is coming back because of the link with China's. A member of the International Social Service says an estimated 10,000 students will cross the border into Hong Kong on Wednesday to return to in-person classes here for the first time in three years. Arrangements have been made for the students to return in phases, starting with secondary pupils, and to be followed later this month by primary and kindergarten children. Iris Liu from the Hong Kong branch of ISS told RTHK that students and teachers would need time to adapt, having held online classes for so long. Now, everything back to normal, they have to work hard to recover the lost time. 
The government has been urged to introduce a so-called re-establishment fund for the tourism industry to hire back staff now that the border with the mainland has reopened. The call was made by Sarah Leung, chairwoman of the Hong Kong Tourism Industry Employees General Union. She said many tour guides and staff workers had changed jobs during the COVID pandemic. All of a sudden you want them to come back, but there may not be as many tours as before when they could find work at any time. Tour guides don't normally have a basic salary, and their income is based on the number of tour groups they lead. So, with this in mind, any call for them to come back is fruitless. Film director Mabel Jung says it's very unlikely that her documentary, following the lives of six girls from her old secondary school, will be shown publicly again. This comes after one of the girls objected to the screenings, and an Olympic athlete, who also appears in the film, said she hadn't consented to appearing in the documentary. A leading cinema chain has also cancelled screenings, as Vicky Wong reports. To my 19-year-old self, which follows the lives of six alumni from Yinghua Girls' School over 10 years, was released in Hong Kong cinemas in December. The film was made to raise money for the school, with screenings for current and past students held in 2021. Yesterday, one of the subjects of the documentary called Ling complained that she did not consent to the film being publicly released. Meanwhile, Olympic cyclist Sarah Lee, who is also featured, urged people to boycott the documentary, saying she did not realise it would be shown in cinemas. Speaking to commercial radio, Ms Zhang said she was stunned by the negative reaction and said the documentary would not be shown publicly again unless all the participants gave their consent. The director said she would like to apologise to Ling, who had told the Mingpao newspaper that she was emotionally troubled by the screenings and that she would like to reach out to Ms Lee personally to say sorry. Ms Zhang also said feedback on the film after private screenings had been positive, with the audiences praising the protagonists. Cinema chain Golden Scene announced this morning that it was cancelling planned screenings of the film and would refund people who had already bought tickets for it. Vice Foreign Minister Xie Feng has lodged solemn representation with the U.S. Embassy in Beijing, saying the U.S. had used force to bring down a Chinese civilian unmanned airship. Yesterday, a U.S. fighter jet shot down the high-altitude balloon just off the eastern U.S. coast. It had been flying across the U.S. in what Washington called a clear violation of sovereignty. China had previously expressed regret that an airship, being used for civilian meteorological and other scientific purposes, had strayed into U.S. airspace, saying it had been blown off course. Chief Executive John Lee says he's looking forward to building stronger ties between Hong Kong and Saudi Arabia as officials launch negotiations on an agreement to promote investment between the two. Mr Lee spoke at an investment forum hosted by the Trade Development Council in Riyadh. The agreement will further promote bilateral investment flows and strengthen confidence of investors from both sides. We're also working to begin negotiations on an MOU promoting direct investment cooperation that can only fast-track our business and investment collaboration. Saudi Investment Minister Khalid Al-Fali, who also attended the forum, said there are several areas in which Hong Kong and Saudi can work together, including financial services. Eleven green groups have jointly called on the government to scrap a huge reclamation project off Lantau, snubbing a closed-door briefing on the Kao Yi Chao Artificial Islands project this afternoon. 
Officials started a three-month consultation exercise back in December to seek advice from district councils and professional bodies. But Greenpeace, one of the absentees from the meeting, says consultation has not been transparent enough. The group's senior campaigner is Chan Hol Siam. We refuse to attend such kind of consultation because the government only meet the professional bodies but not any general public or civil groups. So we think if meeting the public will be held, it must be held under broad daylight or open door consultation instead of such kind of small scale and closed door meeting with us. The U.S. Geological Survey says a 7.8 magnitude earthquake has hit southeastern Turkey. It struck just after 4.15 a.m. local time in the region of Gaziantep, a key industrial and manufacturing hub. Videos posted on social networks showed destroyed buildings in several cities. Tremors were felt in Lebanon, Syria and Cyprus. Officials say scores of people have died. Ukraine is set to replace its defence minister, Oleksiy Reznikov, in the highest-profile government change after a corruption scandal in his department. Mr Reznikov wasn't personally implicated. The current head of military intelligence will take over the key role. The BBC's Anna Pizarro reports. Oleksiy Reznikov's position had been under scrutiny after some of his department's officials were allegedly involved in a procurement scandal, supplying army food at highly inflated prices. Mr Reznikov was criticised at the time for not tackling it quickly enough. Announcing his replacement, the head of the governing Servant of the People bloc and Ukraine's chief negotiator with Russia, said the war and circumstances called for strengthening and regrouping. However, David Arahamia said Mr Reznikov would remain in the government as Minister for Strategic Industries to strengthen cooperation between the military and industrial sectors. More than 250 families in the southwestern Philippines have been forced to leave their homes to escape a running gun battle between the military and communist rebels. The mayor of Cabancalan City said 700 individuals were being given shelter by the city authorities. Millions of people in Ecuador have voted in a referendum on whether the constitution should be changed to allow the extradition of criminals convicted of drug trafficking offences. The measure is backed by the right-wing president, Guillermo Lasso, who has seen his popularity plunge amid a surge in gang-related violence. The BBC's Leonardo Rocha has the details. Ecuador was one of the most peaceful countries in the region until a few years ago when local criminal groups got involved in large-scale drug trafficking. They were hired by rival Mexican cartels to smuggle cocaine produced in Peru and Colombia and began a turf war. Latin American drug lords fear being extradited to the United States and being imprisoned there, losing the privilege they would enjoy in local prisons and being forced to give up control of their gangs. Mali's military government has given the head of the UN peacekeeping mission's Human Rights Division 48 hours to leave the country. A government statement accused Guillaume Andali of committing subversive actions in his selection of witnesses to testify at UN Security Council briefings on Mali. The statement was read out on national television. This measure comes after the destabilizing and subversive actions of Mr. Andali in violation of the principles and requirements that United Nations officials and any diplomat accredited in Mali must abide by, according to the relevant international conventions. To sports, and we start in the English Premier League and a personal milestone for Harry Kane. Well, Rodri's giving it away. Hypier is into this. Hypier to Kane! Harry Kane. 
goal-scoring tree. Harry Kane became Tottenham's all-time top scorer in a 1-0 home win over Manchester City. Kane's 267th Spurs goal surpassed the great Jimmy Greaves. When you look at the names who have been here and Jimmy Greaves to, to overtake him, one of the best strikers to ever play our game. And yeah, I'm just extremely grateful and the years just go by so quick. So I just try and take it all in and I'm not sure I've fully done that yet. But my friends, my family were here and to do it at home in a 1-0 victory was just the perfect place to do it. The result leaves City five points behind the leaders Arsenal who have a game in hand. City boss Pep Guardiola says the game changed after Kane scored. We start really well. The first 15 minutes until the goal that we gave them and uh, was quite similar to the goal in, in Etihad Stadium and after it's more difficult because they defend really well, compact with a lot of players behind the ball, no good transitions. We had our chances with the post, with the Julian in the fault and the set pieces, but unfortunately we could not score. Elsewhere in the Premier League, Brennan Johnson's early goal gave Nottingham Forest a 1-0 win over Leeds United at the City Ground. The win puts Forest six points clear of the relegation zone. The former PSG and Real Madrid goalkeeper Kayla Navas kept a clean sheet on his Forest debut, a performance that impressed his manager Steve Cooper. He's highly decorated, double experience, we know that. But in the few days that he's been, we've seen a hard-working, humble guy who, regardless of what I just said about what he's done in the game, he still would have wanted to do well today and showed his worth because that's what a guy of that level does. And he did. Barcelona have opened up an eight-point lead at the top of Spain's La Liga. Goals from Jordi Alba, Gavi and Rafinha gave the Catalans a comfortable 3-0 win over Sevilla. Second place Real Madrid lost 1-0 at Mallorca after Marco Asensio missed a penalty. In Italy, the Serie A leaders Napoli remain 13 points clear at the top after a 3-0 win at Spezia. Inter defeated AC Milan with Lautaro Martinez scoring the only goal of their derby at the San Siro. And in Germany, Bayern Munich returned to the top of the Bundesliga with a 4-2 win away at Wolfsburg. Next to Rugby Union and the reigning Six Nations champions France needed a late try to avoid a shock in Italy. Fiku released, has the option to go again, makes an extra couple of yards, five metres out, the French. Here is Olivon, now tougher for Nua, Jalibad dances inside, wonderful feet and a wonderful score. France back in front in Rome. That try from Mathieu Jalibert sealed a 29-24 victory for the French. They join Ireland and Scotland as winners in the opening Six Nations weekend. And now the weather forecast... Uh, visibility re- uh, mainly cloudy, visibility relatively low in some areas with bright periods this afternoon and light winds. The outlook mainly cloudy and misty in the next few days, but mild tomorrow and windier on Wednesday. Currently, the observatory 21 degrees Celsius, humidity 81%. To end the news, top stories once again. Hong Kong's border with the mainland fully reopens after a period of three years. A leading cinema chain says it's suspending public screenings of the award-winning documentary to my 19-year-old self. And Vice Foreign Minister Cher Fong lodges solemn representation with the US Embassy in Beijing. The news from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3.
hero to the end of the night. He's gotta be strong and he's gotta be fast and he's got to be fresh from the fight. I need a Lambert on Radio 3 and holding out for a hero. 20 past one, very nearly for a Monday afternoon. Great to be with you. Off we go for a new week. Giving Neil Runciman a day off today. But in just a while, going to say hi to the wonderful musician Robin Zabeda, who is putting on a recital a week away. He wants to invite you to go. The guy can play piano absolutely brilliantly. And his concert is called Listomania. Lots of connections, different composers, not just Franz Liszt. Have a chat in a bit. Yeah. 